Philippians chapter 4. You did, uh, notwithstanding you have done well, verse 14, that you did communicate with my affliction. Well, that's just an old King James way to say, like, you did a good thing because you helped and you sowed into the ministry. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And um, if we just skip down, verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So Paul's saying, I'm not trying to get a gift from you. I'm desiring fruit that builds up or up and, and um, becomes more than enough in your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God, Philippians 4.19, everybody should quote that. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's our source. He's our supply. Uh, he multiplies our seed sown. And so the seed that you have in the ground, sometimes I think we just focus on like what we're sowing uh, that moment or that night or that day. But you can't forget about the seed you have in the ground. So like in the spring, you know, we have, we have a, a garden and then uh, by summertime, maybe let's just confess in 2021, it won't get away from us. But uh, like the weeds and everything start coming so much that we get so busy and we don't, uh, we're still getting fruit from our garden now that we, we planted before and we've replanted some stuff. So I think pumpkins are growing and stuff like that. So we did a second planting. So if you want a second harvest, you might want to do a second planting. Uh, but sometimes we have planted and we just kind of forget about it. But, you know, you should water the seed because if you don't water the seed that you've planted, uh, it, it might dry up. It needs water, uh, which is what we can give. Uh, and sometimes the Lord gives it through uh, rains, uh, but we can give it water. Uh, but the Lord causes the increase. Right. So you ought to speak over all of your giving. Speak over your tithe. Well, I should say believe and speak. So your belief has to come from what God has said about it and what God has declared to be true. And then no matter what your mind thinks, well, how can that work? You know, just overcome that with what? The Word of God. And so you speak the Word uh, concerning your finances. And uh, if you are a giver, uh, excuse me, a tither and a giver, well, you, you need to have your mouth moving about your giving. So you can't just like let your mouth be shut, but your mouth needs to be moving. In other words, God is my source. He's my supply. My, I say all the time, the Lord's multiplying my seed right now. Uh, and it's affecting my seed. And so a great harvest is coming because the Lord is multiplying my seed. So don't just, um, don't just focus on what you may be given tonight or this week, but also understand what you have given. Uh, here men receive it, but there he receives it. And actually, it's a sweet fragrance in heaven your giving is. Yeah. And so it affects your account uh, in heaven. Paul's talking about your account in heaven. But let me tell you, when something happens in your heavenly account, it has a ten tendency to affect your earthly account, <laughs> right? And so uh, God is good. Uh, verse 19, uh, let's just finish with that. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the supplier of all of our needs. If we look to you, we honor you, and Father, we thank you. Thank you for an opportunity that we have to honor you with finance, with, with some of our substance, with uh, stuff that represents our time and our efforts. Father, we love you so much and we love what you have done in our lives and we want to see that done in the life of every person in the earth. The gospel message mm -hmm. to come into every home, to come to every individual. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God bless you as you give and sow your seed. And um, I am warm. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get right into uh, tonight's message. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit, but the main theme that we're doing tonight is full of the Word and full of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Full of the Word and full of the Spirit. So sometimes it's, uh, it's um, uh, was it Pastor Mark says, um, why did Paul say by the Holy Spirit? 
and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. And it actually denotes continuous activity. Be being filled, like you should, you should be being filled. Like right now, you should be being filled with the Spirit of God. Why? He said, because you leak. <laughs> well, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 kind of uh, uh, gives you a picture or an angle on that where, where the Word says um, that we have to pay more close or more earnest heed. Like, are you earnest in what you're doing? Like, right? Earnest heed. So like, no, I'm really doing this. This is not just a, a routine or something. I'm paying more earnest heed to the things that I've heard. Less any time you let them slip. Margin of my Bible actually says, leak out like water out of a leaky vessel. Right? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. So um, you need to be full of the Word, but you also need to be full of the Spirit. Full of the Word and full of the Spirit. Why? Well, for one reason, if you're full of the Word, but you're not full of the Spirit, uh, I, don't, you, I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> so you could have, um, you can remember or memorize the word, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit to make it real to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a hill of beans a difference. Right. You just know this stuff, right? Well, you know that because sometimes the devil will quote the word to you, right? Uh, but you have like, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's it, Some people would consider this a little bit of a political season right now. And so... <laughs> You have politicians that want to quote the word. But you know how when they're saying the word, they don't know the word. And I was, when I say know the word, I'm saying know him. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so um, right now, the nation is kind of like, um, has a big question mark over it, I guess you could say. And, 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 and that question mark, because of the election, causes a lot of um, stirring and a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions in people. Well, we are in the world, but we are not from this world. So we are in the United States, but none of us are from the United States, even if you were born here. I was born here, you know, but I'm not a citizen of the United States, according to the Word of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have a temporary residence. I'm on a TDY, temporary duty assignment, uh, to the world, right? And so uh, we don't ever want to let what's happening in the world system have, be our main focus of our life. So we have uh, different arenas. Like yesterday, if you didn't already vote, hopefully you voted. So that needs to be enough of a focus and get enough of attention that it causes you to do something. But that should never be your God or your cap or whatever. You know, if your candidate, uh, <laughs> if your candidate uh, uh, wins or loses, uh, it can be disappointing because there's uh, lots of effects. That's why we're to pray for those in authority so that uh, the gospel can go forth, really, and we live a quiet and peaceable life. But that can, should never be our highest and best. That should always come under our highest and best. You know, someplace under our highest and best. And so, uh, tonight we're talking about being full of the Word and full of the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit for uh, just a few minutes. And I want to go uh, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus, of course, gives us the best picture of His Spirit, uh, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm going to read... Um, Starting in verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Uh, verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. So he that believes on who? On Christ. Mm -hmm. The works that Christ does, shall he do also. Mm -hmm. So if we believe on him, will do the same works that he did. And then I think he goes on to say, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Mm -hmm. Right? So in other words, if you see the works of Christ, what Christ did, if you're a Bible believer, then those same works you will do and greater things. Why, why would he say you could do greater things? Jesus just told us that we would do greater things than him if we believed on him. And greater works than these will you do. Why? Because I go to the Father. So something about him leaving earth and going to the Father. Right? right? So he goes to the Father. 
Verse 13, And whatsoever you will ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's so much there, but I don't have time to get into that. So, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another uh, comforter. Is anybody else reading it in your Bible? Can you give me another word that's translated besides comforter? Does anybody else have a different word? Just shout it out. Advocate. Advocate. Another comforter, another advocate. Anybody else? Helper. Helper. Anybody else? That he may abide with you forever. No, I'm going to go into it in a second. Even the spirit of truth. Another name for the Holy Spirit. Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not. So the world receives what it can see, feel, touch, hear, or smell. Right? The world is ruled by the senses. But as a believer, we are not. We believe on him. And so then, therefore, we do the same works as Him and greater works than Him if we believe on Him. Well, I can be a believer. Uh, I would call myself a believer in Christ. But as a believer, I could tell you that I haven't always believed on Him in all of my actions. And those are where I've fallen short. So those are the times when you don't see me doing <laughs> the works that Jesus did, right? Or greater things than He did. All right? Uh, and so... But the world cannot receive the spirit of truth, cannot receive God's spirit because it does not see him or know him. Well, that would mean uh, the world's looking to see and the world's looking to know, but the world can't know what it can't see or won't know what it can't see. Right? The world uh, refuses to not know what it can't see. You see that with COVID. You show it to me under a microscope, and then, you know, uh, I'll let science trump everything else. Well, we're thankful for science, and science is actually pretty amazing when it discovers what the Word of God has already told us. But science can't be the last word. Well, I mean, it can be the last word for you, but uh, that might be the last word. In other words, if you've got a death sentence, you've got cancer coming against your body and you just go by what science says, well, uh, you're not believing on Him. So you shouldn't expect the same works of uh, divine healing to come into your body because you're not believing on Him. You're believing on what you see, what you feel, uh, what, what you can reason out, what the, what the microscopes show, what the x-rays show, what the MRIs show, all of those type of things. But there is a, a power that is greater than any MRI, than any uh, uh, x-ray, than any uh, radiation or chemo chemotherapy and it is the power of God Himself, and that comes from believing on Him. All right? So even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not, neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you. Right? So this is Jesus speaking, saying, you know Him, for He dwells with you, speaking of the Comforter that's going to come, which is the Holy Spirit. He dwells with you. So who was dwelling with them? Jesus. He's actually, I'm, I'm sending another Comforter. Right, um, For he dwells with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, I will come to you yet a little while and the world sees me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you will live also. Is that you? Praise the Lord. <laughs> because I live, you will live. I don't get to do this on Wednesdays. <laughs> because I live, you will live also. Because Christ lives, we will also live. Wow. Amen. Let's just finish. And in that day, uh, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father. All right, now I want to take a little, uh, well, let me just read uh, down a little further. We'll skip down. And verse 26, but the comforter, which the Holy Ghost, uh, excuse me, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is God's remembrancer. 
He brings to your remembrance what Christ has said. And uh, we're going to look here at, at the Holy Spirit for just a second. But um, I just want to say something about the Holy Spirit. Whatever he hears, Jesus said, that he will speak. He will not speak of himself. But whatever he hears, that he'll speak. So when somebody says, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit said this to me, the Holy Spirit said that to me, that's not actually true. Because who actually said that to you was God the Father and Christ the Son. The Holy Spirit just echoed what they said. He will not speak of himself. Whatever he hears, that he will speak. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that is your Lord speaking to you, or that is God himself speaking to you. Through the person of the Holy Spirit. So we're not dishonoring the Holy Spirit, but I'm just telling you, uh, like, that's why when you hear the voice of the Spirit in your own spirit, uh, man, it is like intimate. It is close. And it comes uh, from a position of authority because it comes from our Lord and from our Savior. All right. Now, if I didn't lose my place, which I did... Um, <laughs> Even though I did, I will find it. Here it is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some definitions here of uh, the paraclete, which is the Greek word for Holy Spirit. For Jesus said, when the comforter will come, he said the parakletos will come. Uh, and so uh, we're going to look at that for just a couple minutes here. The margin says advocate in some Bibles, helper. Um, J.B. Phillips translated, translates it, someone to stand by you. So if I go, I'm going to give you someone to stand by you, like to stand by your side. Knox translates it, someone who will befriend you. Moffat says um, helper. Um, it means to be made strong. So the Holy Spirit... In other words, the, the word comforter, I think you've heard me say before, it's not like the big fluffy thing that's on top of your bed, <laughs> right? Like comforter. So uh, even, even like when someone passes away, you know, uh, you, you pray that the Lord would comfort them. Well, it, it, that is included in the definition of comforter, but you, only, you don't find it in the New Testament at all. You only find it a little bit in the Old Testament. Where you find it in the Old Testament, it is the rarest form and use of that word. So that is not the most common use. Although that is a use, but it's not the most common use. Um, the function of the Holy Spirit is to fill a man with the spirit of power and courage, which would make him able to triumphantly cope with life. Function of the Holy Spirit is to fill a man with the spirit of power and courage, which would make him able to triumphantly cope with life. Fill you with power and courage and make you able to triumphantly cope with life. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit, when He's comforting you, He's not coming alongside saying, everything's going to be okay. I know it's really rough right now. Well, He is saying everything's going to be okay. But He's saying it as your advocate. One that has come alongside you with power to help. Right. Actually, the, the root word that comes, that paraclete, uh, tos, however you say that, comes from, is the identical root word that the word dynamis comes from or dunamis comes from, which is the mighty power of God. Mm -hmm. Same word that we, we get the English word dynamite from, yeah. right? Like that's dynamite. <laughs> so this is the one that is coming alongside of us is the one that is the explosive power of God. Actually, uh, Christ was raised from the dead, which was the mighty, mightiest working of God that is recorded in Scripture, more mighty than the creation of uh, the universe. Uh, he was raised from the dead by the finger of God or by the glory of God or by the Spirit of God. All right? And so when Jesus said, uh, you already know him, for he is with you and will be in you, he's saying the same knowledge that you have of my presence now it's not just going to be external to you, but I'm coming to live on the inside of you through my spirit, and my spirit is a spirit of power. Right? So it's not like a, it's not like a defeated type of thing, but it is, it, is, it is endued with power from on high. Right? You're filled with power from on high. All right, so I'm getting a lot of these definitions from uh, 
William Barclay, he knew, his, knew Greek better than what I know Greek so far, but hopefully I will surpass him. All right. <laughs> the Christian has the supreme defense, the advocacy of Jesus Christ himself, who, is, who um, ever lives to make intercession for us. You think about that. Christ ever lives to make intercession for us. In other words, why, why, why is he living? Because he wants to intercede for you and you and you and you and you. I, I'm living for this. Uh, I died for this and now I'm alive for this. I am your advocate. So, of course, uh, because I like to, uh, to minister on uh, current events as well, you think like right now, Joe Biden would like to have an advocate like the Holy Spirit? You think Donald Trump would like to have an advocate like the Holy Spirit? I guarantee they're trying to, in fact, I think I, I heard on the news that they're like, uh, one of the sides is trying to hire, like, give us donations so we can hire the best lawyers, right? I think that was the Democrats. So why? Because they want to win the case. You can just go right in. It doesn't matter. Uh, they want to win the case, right? So Jesus gave us his spirit who is the advocate and the master of every case, the best lawyer you could possibly find, the best defense, who is not just like saying, uh, you know, uh, I'm just so much better than you, but I'm coming alongside of you, right? Okay. The parakletos is the spirit of truth. The spirit is the interpreter and the teacher and the remembrancer. There the spirit of, uh, is the one who will testify of Christ, and the spirit comes when Jesus goes away. Right? So when Jesus left, he didn't leave us alone and he didn't leave us comfortless, but he sent his spirit. Well, you know, where we're kind of going with this is why in the world would you ever try to live without him? Or why in the world would you ever try to live and not acknowledge him? Because if you don't acknowledge him, it's like he's locked up on the inside of you. So it's like you're just Donald Trump or Joe Biden and you're like, well, I should win because I'm a better person or whatever they would say. No, they are, they are getting advocates to look at the situation and figure out every legal possibility that they are the winner. Hopefully they're doing the only legal stuff, right? We just plead the blood of Jesus over the election in the name of Jesus that the hidden things would be revealed. Uh, hallelujah, that the plans of uh, the enemy being the devil would be revealed and uh, thwarted in Jesus' name. All right. Um, the Parakletos, or the Holy Spirit, is the constant, illuminating, strengthening, and enabling presence of Jesus. Let me read that again. He is the constant, so He is always there, always available, always strong, always powerful, always ready to supply, right? So He is constant. He is illuminating. So like it's dark and you can't figure out what's going on. We're like a, we got a log splitter. So we were in it. Now it's getting dark at like four, no, five something. So we're out like trying to split some wood and there's, we didn't have our headlamps. We have headlamps for whatever reason we were in hurry. So we didn't have our headlamps. We are trying to split wood. And I'm like, we really should stop doing this because we need an illuminating force because there's 26 tons trying to split this wood and I don't want to put my finger in it. Right. So he is, he is constant and he is illuminating. So then I come out like the next day today and I look, I'm like, whoa, look at all that stuff we did. I could actually see what we did because there was illumination. I still have all my fingers. So constant, illuminating, strengthening and enabling. So he is strengthening you and he is enabling you. So I could be a confession like, I am constantly strengthened by God's Spirit. I am constantly enabled by God's Spirit. In other words, that's not just physically, but that's in your job. That's with relationships, with children, with parents. With potential wives? <laughs> there are no single ladies in here. But with potential husbands? Yes. Constant 
illuminating, strengthening, enabling presence of Jesus. There's something about the presence of Christ. You know, like as a believer, he lives on the inside of us by his spirit, right? But you know, like sometimes he comes into the room. Like he lives on the inside of you, but all of a sudden, you ever been to like a service or maybe you're just, you're, you're studying the word and you're praying and you sense like he is, I know he's here, but he's like here. Like he, he's, I know he's in me, but now he's with me. So there's, and it, it, it changes your, your thinking and your perspective and his presence uh, gets your attention. And in his presence, you find like everything else falls into its proper order and place. In other words, when I say proper order and place, I'm saying everything else takes a second seat. Like I have to have an answer. I have to have this. I have to have this. But as soon as Jesus comes on the scene, his presence, you're like, oh, Lord, what is important right now? Because he doesn't see like we see, unless we see like he sees. <laughs> Jesus does not see the way we see, unless we see the way he sees. Susie seashells sells seashores on the seashells on the seashore, right? Jesus does not see the way we see or think the way that we think. Unless we see how he sees and think how he thinks. Well, the only way you can believe on him and do the same works as him is if you believe what he said, his word. So when you believe his word, in order to believe his word, you have to start thinking his word. And when you think his word and you let that thought take its proper place and go down into your heart of hearts, the real you. Well, then you find, wait a second, I don't just figure this out in my head. Mm -hmm. I believe this. Mm -hmm. And this goes beyond mm -hmm. what I can figure out. Yeah. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I can figure out a lot of stuff. I don't know if you can say that humbly. <laughs> but I can say this humbly. I have figured out a lot of stuff. And so then, therefore, I've also figured out that my figuring out is not as wise as I thought my figuring out was. <laughs> I have learned, not even figured out, I guess it's been revealed, I've got light from the Lord, that my figuring out is so much more limited than what I ever figured it was. Yeah. You get that? <laughs> Did you get that? So. No, I'm talking about her. I'm talking about Well, a lot of people like to research and find out and analyze and discover. Well, the, the greatest thing to discover is God's Word. Mm -hmm. And the only way to discover His Word is by allowing His Spirit to have dominance in your life. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're taking the Holy Spirit and you're saying, I'm going to honor you. Yeah. I'm going to yield to you. I'm going to look to you. You live on the inside of me and you are constant right. and you are illuminating and you are strengthening and you are enabling and you are the presence of Christ in my life. Right. Well, if you think that way and you talk that way, you will act that way. Well, if you do that, you acknowledge the Lord in all of his ways mm -hmm. and he will direct your path. A lot of times we're directing our own path, right? But it's best if He is directing our path. Well, I'm not spending just the five minutes on this part that I was hoping to, but praise the Lord. <laughs> but this is good. Do you think I can do that? Excuse me for just a second. I'm, I'm getting hot, so I'm going to have to adjust this. Jeremy might, might mess you up. I don't know. So the, the paraclete is also the word for the rallying call. It's the word used for the speeches of leaders and of soldiers who urge each other on. So in other words, 
you know, Normandy, World War II, we're going to storm the beach. So what happens? A leader has to give a speech that will cause men and women to charge forth into battle where many of them will surely die. But the speech inspires and infuses that kind of courage. This is how he talks to us. Like, look at this. There, you know, uh, Pastor Mark Hankins was uh, ministering in Texas years ago. You probably heard, heard, heard this uh, saying that I'm going to say in a second. But he was preaching on the spirit of faith. And one of the guys listening to him just got so full of fire, full of the word, full of the Holy Ghost. He said, afterwards, he went to him and he said, you know, you know what that preaching, what that preaching makes me want to do? He's like an old Texas farmer, country farmer. He said, that kind of preaching, that makes me want to grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. <laughs> well, it really wasn't the preaching. It was really, the, remember, Jesus said he will teach you all things. And he will illuminate you and he will infuse you with strength and power. And you begin to get his vision. And you, then you can say, you know what? Give me the driest, most flimsy cornstalk. I'm going to grab hold of that thing and I'm going to go over the flames of fire and I'm going to spit in the devil's eye. I mean, you think about the, think about the, um, the uh, stupidity of grabbing a cornstalk, swinging over hell and spitting in the devil's eye if you live by the senses. Like, are you serious? The devil, if I, if I do that, the devil's going to come after me and he's going to get me and he's going to burn me up. And, you know, uh, you, you don't mess with the devil, you know, because a lot of times in people's thinking, the devil is so huge. And if God could do this little thing, you know, God's just like a little mini mouse. Not mini mouse, but small mouse. <laughs> It is the word used of words which send fearful and timorous and hesitant soldiers and sailors courageously into battle. A paracletos is therefore an encourager, one who puts courage in the faint-hearted, one who nerves the feeble arm for fight, one who makes a very ordinary man cope gallantly with a perilous and dangerous situation. So I'm trying to, I, I just love how he brings this out because it's so easy to look and say like, yeah, he's the comforter. I feel comfortable. I feel comforted. He's going to comfort me. No, he is going to embolden you. Yeah. And he is going to, and he is, infuses us with God's powerful yeah. presence. Yeah. I was thinking about this on the way over. Not that, but this, this part I'm going to say right now. I was thinking, you know, Lord, do we really recognize what it means to say we are filled with God's spirit? Can you imagine that? Like, think about that in just in natural terms. You are filled with God's spirit. One place the word calls it being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I think that's because, like, if you think of baptism, you're immersed in water. So when you're immersed, sometimes people, like, flip up or sometimes people forget their wallet or something like that. And you're like, no... <laughs> Just keep your wallet on because we want that baptized. We want that sanctified as well. <laughs> right? Maybe just do the wallet. No. <laughs> Why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Yeah. Like Billy Graham said uh, in his day, it was checkbooks. Um, but he said, uh, let me look at your checkbook and I'll tell you what your priorities in life are. Yeah. In other words, where is the money going? It's about the money. So you, you want to find out your priorities? Uh, track the money. And uh, Melody and I found ourselves in a situation in 2001 where, uh, no, 2002, where uh, we had bought a house. And like uh, when we bought the house, it was our first house. And I guess we didn't calculate everything. Well, actually, we bought it. And then it went up like a year later. Uh, stuff went, somehow it went, went up a lot. Well, I know that now, but I'm not getting to that. So um, it's our first house. We didn't understand that. We thought the taxes will just stay the same. But no, it happens when you buy it for more money than what it sold for, they go up. Okay. And so um, we looked at our checkbook and we were tithing, but we were giving teeny offerings because it was going to the house. 
So we came together and we said, you know what? We believe God. And God gives seed to the sower. And he will multiply your seed sown. And if you sow generously, you reap generously. If you sow uh, sparingly, you reap sparingly. Mm -hmm. And so we decided we were not giving as generously as what our heart's desire was. So we said, what will we do? Let's sell the house. Because we want to give more. Because we knew uh, that your giving affects your future. Right. right? And so we may not have the house we wanted at the moment. But in the long term, we will, we will be positioned to have whatever he wants to get to us. Because if you give generously, you reap generously. So that's just a little side thing there because maybe, maybe your heart actually is to not have your uh, finances go into where they're going, but you find yourself through decisions that you've made in a place that your heart is not comfortable with. Well, you just pray and ask the Lord and, and he'll show you the right, he'll, he'll show you the way out. You know, uh, years ago, um, actually when I was stationed out here, I, in the military, I, um, I like uh, I like to do things right, and so I was like uh, had a church back home, but I wasn't attending that church, and so uh, couldn't find a church out here, or didn't find one, and so then I, I quit tithing because I'm like, well, I, I don't, I'm not going to that church, so I should probably give it to the church that I'm going to here, but I wasn't going to the church, so I do offerings. Well, before I knew, like nine months went by, and I had all this money, and then I didn't have this money, <laughs> and so I was like, whoa. And, um, you know, I got myself into a bind and then like opened, open to the curse. And so, uh, I started having less and less money and, uh, car broke down, cost more than I could afford, went way into debt on that. So I was praying to the Lord, like, Lord, forgive me. What in the world? I, I, I didn't even intend to do this. And you know, what happened is, uh, to make a long story short, uh, it, and it took a couple of years, but in that period of time, uh, you know, I had gotten a second job. I'm trying to do what I could do. But then when I prayed about it, the Lord's like, you know, I'm like, Lord, I, this is not even enough what I'm doing. I need your help. So long story short, he sent me TDY to Naples, Italy. And for three months, I stayed in a five-star hotel and I had enough per diem that I just paid off everything and my back tithe. <laughs> so I'm trying to do it my way. And I was actually at one point out here, I was working, I think, three or four jobs at the same time. My military plus three other jobs. But then his way was, why don't you do just do the military and you sit in a five-star hotel and then, uh, you know, eat nice foods. We'd have like somebody leave, so we have a 21-course seafood meal uh, on the, on the uh, Mediterranean Sea, everything like that. And then you come back and everything's paid off and up, right? So I'm talking about like my thinking or your thinking versus God's thinking. So my thinking is, well, I've got my military, which is enough time, and then I've got three other part-time jobs, and I'm still not getting out of this. Mm -hmm. But his thinking was, how about you have my blessing on your one job? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So, the, so the Lord, um, the paraclete, uh, will help you. And uh, he'll give you like a, a rallying call. Praise the Lord. All right. Oop, I have to keep that open. This is supposed to be the same length of time, so I'm supposed to be closing. So we would just we'll just finish real quick here. Okay, so Smith Wigglesworth said, I, I want to read you this real quick, and then we'll kind of finish it up. It's wonderful to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and for Him to serve His own purposes through us. Through our lips, divine utterances flow. You know Wigglesworth? He had in his books like three cases where people were raised from the dead. But you talk to those that work with him, and uh, one of the guys that worked directly with him, he said, I personally counted at least 23 people raised from the dead. Right? And uh, uh, amazing other types of healings and those type of things. That's not even a healing. That's, that's, that's like a miracle, but praise the Lord. Um, it's an inward power that is manifested in outward expression. Jesus Christ is glorified. As your faith in him is quickened from within you, there will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit will pour through you like a great river of life. 
and thousands will be blessed because you are a yielded channel through whom the Spirit may flow. Thousands will be blessed not because the Holy Spirit's in you, but because you are a yielded channel through whom He can flow. So we're talking about knowing Him. Who is Him? Christ. How do we know Him? Well, you can't know Him without the Holy Spirit. You can't read the Word and, and uh, feed on the Word or eat the Word or partake of the Word without the Holy Spirit. Because He will take the things of Christ, Jesus told us, that, take the things of mine. Like Jesus said, He'll take my stuff and reveal it to you or make it real to you. Right? So He'll take His own stuff, Christ's stuff, the Holy Spirit, His Spirit will, and make it real to you. Well, if the Word of God was real to you, we don't need anything else. If you really believed the Word and it was really real, everything else is going to fall in line. So we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Because as soon as we have that illumination, and that comes with power, with confidence, with a teacher... Like alongside, like in other words, it's like you, you may be facing like a battle right now. And so all of a sudden you find like the Holy Spirit, he's not going to be like, what is wrong? Can you include her in the frame? What is wrong with you? Why are you thinking that way? Why are you treating your husband that way? Why are you treating your kids that way? Why are you treating your parents that way? Why are you, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, he, 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 comes, he comes alongside to help. And he is like, here, I'm going to argue your case. Every time you try to argue it, you get so self-conscious and sin conscious <laughs> that you just get so overwhelmed and you like freeze up. So let me take the proper place and I will defend you. I'll be your shield. I'll be your protection. And you don't know the way to go. So just let me shine the light on your path and look where I show. Like, I'll, I'll guide you. I, I've been this route before. And so I, I will send you the, I, I'll, I'll shine a light on your path so you'll know exactly which way to go. And don't be concerned about anything because uh, I have been to the depths of sin and I have been to the depths of sickness, and I have been to the very pit of hell, and I have faced the devil head on, and I have destroyed his power. And I have actually stripped him naked so that you think of like a man or a woman armed for battle, and now they have like these bionic suits that our soldiers can put on, that they are like armed to the hilt, and now they can make a call and call a hellfire missile down, right? He's like, no, I went, I stripped the devil of all of that power. He is naked and exposed. And if you look at him, you see he doesn't have any power. And so, so I will be your strength and I will be your help and I will be your deliverance. But you have to let me. Because I'm not... No, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God will not force you. But He will do everything godly possible to communicate to you that He loves you, that He knows He knows about... Do you know like He knows every little thing that you are struggling with, that you are challenged with, that you are overwhelmed by. Uh, the things that you don't even tell your husband or wife that you have not voiced to anyone... He knows those things. And he said, I will be your advocate. I will be your help. I will be your standby. Jesus said, you know, wait, uh, Luke, wait until you be filled with power from on high. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives and we need to acknowledge him. And really we need to be so filled with him and so filled with the word you ever notice like the, the more filled you are with the Holy Spirit, the more it doesn't matter what storms of life come, but you just are sailing on smooth water above them. But the more depleted you are, the more you're like, oh, man, ah, ah, the longer you're kind of like uh, moaning, those type of things. Let me finish this up real quick. 
the most important thing, the one thing that counts is to see that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. Anything less than this is displeasing to God. We are commanded by God to be filled with the Spirit. And in the measure that you lack this, you are that far short of the plan of God for your life. The Lord wants us to move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from fullness to overflowing. It's not good for us to always be thinking in the past tense. Rather, we should be moving on to a place where we dare to believe God. Think about that person who's like, everybody else around them, you might as well just give up. Like Paul, we'll finish with that. Like Paul on the ship. You know, it's breaking to pieces. They're taking on all this water. Uh, you know, and if he looked and focused on what he saw and felt and heard, I guarantee fear would grip him. But he said, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It will be just the way he said. Everybody else is like despairing of life, the Bible says. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And Paul is the one crazy man who is actually the only sane man who says, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. So you cannot see what Jesus sees unless you see what he sees. Paul saw what Jesus saw. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's it. Be full of the word, full of the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Uh, number one, you read the word. But while you're reading the Word, you read the Word with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if you're born again, then you have the Holy Spirit and He lives on the inside of you. And He will strengthen you and He will, he will show you what to do and how to do it. Mm -hmm. You just, you need to acknowledge Him and look to Him. Mm -hmm. You say, Father God, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you live on the inside of me by your Spirit, mm -hmm. that you lead me and guide you, guide me. <laughs> and you even said, that's where I got you, mm -hmm. where you even said, that I know him who lives on the inside of me. And so now I'm coming to you with the foundation of a knowledge of him. Whether I feel like it or not. Because you may not feel like it. Right? Do you, none of us always feel full of God. But that doesn't mean you're not. Right? But he said, Paul said in Ephesians 5, uh, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Right? So there is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, number one, you have to be born again. And number two, uh, you have to ask. And Jesus said, if you ask your Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get a demon. You're not going to get something else. He said, if an earthly father, you know, a child asks an earthly father for uh, bread, is he going to give him a serpent or a scorpion? How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So when you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. You're recreated by Him. He lives on the inside of you. But you're not full of the Holy Spirit or you're not immersed in the Holy Spirit. And when you get immersed like in that water, it, that touches every part of who you are on the outside. Well, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Spirit, it touches every part of who you are on the inside. Right? So there's no crevice that's not wet. <laughs> right? You get in the water and if they did you right, you come out soaking wet. So much so that we had to take, make sure you don't fall on the, on the tile, right? Uh, but when you get full of the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, every part of your innermost being and personality is affected, right? So if you're, if you're with us tonight in person or online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, uh, you're estranged or separated from or apart from that advocate, that strength, that illumination, and Jesus died so that you didn't have to be uh, apart from him. He actually died so that you would be part of him. 
and that you would be in union with him so that his very life, what sustains him, would sustain you. Uh, what strengthens him could strengthen you. And so if you're, if you're watching tonight and uh, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. You, you don't go to heaven when you die because you did good things on the earth. You actually do good things on the earth because heaven came to live in your heart on the earth when you receive Jesus. When you receive him, everything that he is comes on the inside of you. That's when you get his ability. That's when you get his perspective and you begin to see things differently. Uh, you begin to experience things differently. And so the only way to get to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, which is God, except through me. The way that you receive Jesus is you believe that God raised him from the dead. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says that he was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead by his spirit and he did that. When he did that, it declared that he was God's Son with power. And God's Son with power will deliver you from anything that is dominating you or anything uh, that is overcoming you where you feel like you're in despair and you feel like you can't make it. Jesus came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. The devil's trying to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. But don't let him do it. Just receive Jesus. Right now, the Holy Spirit is moving upon your heart. Just respond to him. It's not a head thing, but it's a heart thing. It's where you really forgive someone when you're really serious about doing it. That's from your heart. You have to make a heart decision. Romans chapter 10 says, with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. In other words, first you believe and then you declare your belief. So we're going to do that in just a few seconds. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray that prayer after me, but mean it from your heart. And if you do, you will be saved. Ready? Let's pray. Say this with me. If you want to receive Jesus, say, Oh God, I believe that Jesus is your son that you raised him from the dead, that I could be right with you, that he took away my sins and made me clean. And I take him right now, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. In Jesus' name. Father God, thank you that I am now your child, that you protect me, that you provide for me, and that you live on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen.